I believe that he descended into hell. Welcome to our fifth devotional on the Apostles' Creed. Last week, we looked at four statements of historic event regarding what we call Christ's passion. I believe he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. We considered that these are objectively real events at a particular place in human history during the rule of a pagan, Pontius Pilate, who not only was the, the one in charge when Christ suffered, but despite causing him to suffer, Pontius Pilate declared Christ fully innocent. Why does all this matter so much? A lot of people suffered under the rule of the Romans. A lot of people were uh, beaten and tortured by the men of Pontius Pilate, and not a few of them went to the cross. Why does it matter so much? None of those other people who suffered under Pontius Pilate are the center of a religion, our religion. Christianity is centered on this man who was tortured and died under Pontius Pilate. Why are the events of his life so important? What was going on in them? In the Apostles' Creed, the suffering, crucifixion, and death of Christ is summed up in, uh, with, with a spiritual reality in the statement, he descended into hell. What was happening at those events? Christ was experiencing hell. That is not the fifth chronological event in a series of events, but a summary of those four events. What I called, I think last week, a spiritual commentary on the passion of our Lord. It's what was going on unseen. What is seen in those four events is the beating and torture of a human being. But what is unseen in those events by human eyes is the wrath of God on the sin of those who have rebelled against him. The phrase is uh, the most debated in the creed unquestionably, and mostly in recent years. It wasn't debated as much previously, but recently has come under a fair amount of attack and debate. Uh, and this is because the Catholics and the Lutherans have their own views on what this means. They both take it to be the fifth in a series of chronological events. Uh, they base their understanding of that on a, a single text, a text I believe they take out of context and misapply, and do not take into account sufficiently Christ declaring on the cross, it is finished, or today you will be with me in paradise. Well, because the Catholics and the Lutherans take it in this chronological sense, uh, some Protestants want to get rid, jettison this phrase altogether. Other Protestants and Reformed 
the Westminster Confession, for example, uh, takes the stance in the larger catechism uh, that uh, this is uh, another chronological event, but that hell here refers more to Hades, not the place of everlasting judgment and wrath of God, but the grave. I don't hold to that. It's perhaps the only thing I disagree with Westminster on, and that is because it seems redundant. He was buried, and then they put him in the grave. Two ways of saying the same thing. But you might hold that position and still call yourself Reformed. It is one of the two Reformed positions, and one that has a long history throughout the ancient church. Now, the reasoning for the duplication of that phrase would no doubt be to uh, include and make use of David's own language. He will not abandon my soul to Hades. Well, it's important to note that uh, some Reformed and many Protestants want to jettison this. And, and yes, even at Christ Church, we have some who do not uh, particularly like this phrase. And who, when we confess the Apostles' Creed together, while they stand and they recite the rest of the creed with the rest of the church, uh, do not recite this clause of it. They just politely and uh, unobtrusively stand silent. And uh, I applaud that, actually. Anytime we confess a man-written creed or confession, if you do not believe that it rightly presents the Word of God, you have an obligation not to recite it. That would be to break the ninth commandment, to lie. And so I, I have no problem with some members choosing not to recite this line. They feel that it especially um, suggests, in our day and age especially, chronological, and, and therefore that Christ died, was buried, and went into hell. Uh, and they don't believe that's true, and I agree with them. That is not chronologically true. So why retain this at all? Is it of less value uh, because it has the, the problem of perhaps needing to be explained? Well, well, first, let me just say, all of the creed needs to be explained. R remember that the creed is not a bunch of stuff that any old person, uh, any person, any uh, unbeliever can hear and say, oh yeah, that makes sense, I understand what that is. Even if they do, they may not understand it as well as they think they do. Take the Trinity, for example. It is a Trinitarian creed, but not explicitly. And you could read this hierar hierarchically, excuse me, hierarchically, fun word, uh, as in God, we'll call him the Father, has a lesser deity that he has created who is subordinate to him and, and not equal to him, Jesus Christ. And then there's a Holy Spirit, but whether that spirit's personal or not is not, uh, is not necessarily explicit. And yet the creed itself is speaking of the Trinity. And you may have to explain the Trinity to someone for them to really understand the creed. I, I don't see how that's any different from saying that we need to explain the spiritual commentary going on in the phrase, he descended into hell. Every line in the creed 
needs proper understanding and explanation. But remember what we said in our first video. The creed is not meant to be an exhaustive, detailed theology. It is intended to be a roadmap. And as a roadmap, it shows us how to get somewhere, but doesn't fill in every single detail of what you see along the way. It's actually the duty of the Christian to study, to listen, to be taught, and then to be able to take that roadmap and unpack it. And I think it's essential to have he descended into hell because without it, we have historic events, but we have no substitutionary atonement. And that's what this heavenly commentary that summarizes those four previous phrases presents us with. Substitutionary atonement. In my place, condemned he stood. He stood before Pontius Pilate. Pilate said, I find no fault in him. But Pilate could not have said that about me. If Pilate looked at 33 years of my life, oh, what he could have found. He would not have needed false testimonies. There would have been plenty of true testimonies. I am guilty and deserve God's wrath and curse, both in this life and in that which is to come. And Pilate as judge would have found something to accuse me of. And so I deserve to suffer. I deserve to suffer more than a few lashes, torturous though they were, from a Roman. And more than a few hours or days of suffocating pain, as horrible as those were. I deserve hell. And Christ, the innocent Lamb of God, suffered under Pontius Pilate in my place. He was crucified in my place. He died in my place. And when just before his death he said, it is finished, he was declaring that he had there borne the full wrath of God against my sin the eternal torment that is deserved, the righteous judgment, hell itself, for all who are in him. It was finished. What was not seen in the suffering and crucifixion up to death was hell itself that he descended to the utter depths of on the cross. It's an important phrase, a very important phrase. I actually love Heidelberg Catechism in discussing this point. Hear what it has to say. In question 37, talking about Christ's sufferings, Heidelberg Catechism declares, all the time that he lived on earth, but especially at the end of his life, Jesus bore in body and soul the wrath of God against the sin in order that by his passion as the only atoning sacrifice he might redeem our body and soul from everlasting damnation and obtain for us the grace of God, righteousness, and eternal life. And then a few questions later, Heidelberg then asks about this question, uh, the, this statement regarding 
um, his descent into hell. In question 44, we answer the following. Why is this phrase so important? That in my greatest temptations, I may be assured and wholly comfort myself with this, that my Lord Jesus Christ, by his inexpressible anguish, pains, and terrors, and hellish agony, in which he was plunged during all his sufferings, but especially on the cross, has delivered me from the anguish and torment of hell. Thanks be to God. In my place, condemned he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. Truly, hallelujah, what a savior. This is found in the creed under a simple phrase, he descended into hell. What makes those historic events then of the creed so important? It was what was going on in and through them in the courts of heaven that Christ was experiencing this punishment, God's wrath and curse for the elect. This is so important. It's an important phrase in our day and age because of what we might conclude if the creed didn't have this phrase. Consider our victimization age. What has it done with the gospel itself? People proclaiming to be Protestant, even Reformed, will twist the gospel. It, it becomes just the events of a historical man who was a victim. He was innocent. He was nonetheless uh, uh, punished and died. And you know what? That can be a comfort to you because you're a victim too. Isn't that dreadful? But here's the good news. God cares about the victim. And Christ feels for the victim. And there's your gospel. But that's not the gospel. It's a gospel of hell. It's a gospel that will end you in hell. With this phrase, he descended into hell. This phrase declares the true gospel. It is because Jesus on the cross experienced the fullness of hell, so much drinking the last dregs from the cup of God's wrath that he declared it is finished. Therefore, if you are a Christian, you'll suffer in this life. You will. And you'll die if Christ doesn't come back first. And you will be in some format buried. But if you are in Christ, because he descended to hell on the cross and said, it is finished. If you are in Christ, though you suffer, die, and are buried, you will never descend into hell. Thanks be to God. Well, next time we hope to consider what happened next in the chronology. He was buried. Then what? Hope you have a good week.